Hi, and welcome to a, another episode of the River District Podcast. I am your host, Vivica Gravel, the Community Development Coordinator for the City of Owen Sound and the River District. I am here with my friend, Morag Budgen of GB Arts. Uh, hi. Hello, Vivica. How you doing? I am great. We're in this cute little podcast room. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, we're very the... professional. <laughs> yeah, the guys at uh, CTRE have us uh, set up pretty well here, and uh, we're happy to have you in the studio. So again, welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, Maury, can you give us a little bit of a, an introduction to GB Arts? Absolutely. Um I guess it, the best way to introduce it, introduce it is talk a bit about its history. The Georgian Bay School of the Arts is what it sounds like. It's a school for the arts. Um, it's a place where the public can come and do classes in all kinds of different art and craft disciplines. Professionals can come really uh, introductory all the way to... I'm trying to think of the word when you experienced makers expert are able to, level. yes, expert, are able to use a place. So we started, uh, actually started years ago under the umbrella of the own sound artist co-op. I was the manager there and every day I would get phone calls. Oh, I don't, I want to take pottery lessons. I have a child who's really great in art. Where can they get classes? And it was really hard to send them in any kind of direction. There just wasn't that, um, infrastructure anywhere outside of private studios so uh, I had talked to the board and we talked about the fact that maybe we'd like to look into something like this. And one thing is when I decide to look into something, I generally go really fast and make it happen. So within a few, within a few months, I had found a location right beside the artist co-op, which was the old Henrik's building, which is where Brigitte's Cafe is now. So we rented that spot. And although we were under the umbrella of the artist co-op, we were it was separate, all, all finances, everything. It was our, it was sort of my baby. And my friend, Alan McIntosh, who was a member at the, of the co-op at the time, he's a metal worker. We decided we wanted to try this. It's kind of had always been in back of our minds. Alan and I had been in the craft industry for many years and well, both were professional artists for 25 years. I was a jeweler. He's a metal worker. He still is. We, I guess I still am a jeweler as well, but there's really no time for that. So we rented this place. We started this and we were there for 18 months before we decided that we really needed to branch out. We needed to separate from the co-op because although we were running our own show, there was sort of somebody above us that could make decisions. So we, at that point had been looking at the bingo hall, which has been sitting moldering and down downtown Owen Sound. It's just this big empty box that had just been sitting there. Like I said, moldering, it was so disgusting. And, and we purchased it. So um, just after that, it just went like a snowball down a hill. We purchased that in September. Um, we separated from the, from the artist co-op and became the Georgian Bay. Now we became the Georgian Bay center for the arts, but recently we were rebranding to Georgian Bay school for the arts. So we opened that. It was after months, about three months, which was very fast of renovations because as I said, it was disgusting. There was mushrooms growing out of the floor. Walls were fallen down with uh, because it had been leaking in there so badly. Sure. Um, and it's just a flat roof. There's nothing above of it. So it does need a new roof. That's one of our campaigns that are coming up. Um, but we had friends come in. Uh, we did most of the work ourselves. The floor, we did get somebody to come in and do. We um, And in January, we were ready to open. 
our very first class. We did have a class in December, which I remember very clearly. It was willow weaving and there was no heat in there. And oh my it was, goodness. There was uh, 10 ladies that did a great job, but it was cold. <laughs> so we waited till January, got the heat on and um, opened up. Now, so January was great. In February, we opened the Palette Cafe, which was supposed to be just a little small place to get coffee and tea and entrance into Georgian Bay School of the Arts so that you didn't just sort of walk in and go, what's going on here? You had a, you had something to... A nice foyer. Yeah, uh, yes. And, um, and then, of course, we all know what happened in March of 2020. So, but that's a whole other story we did open our our doors now we have um fully equipped studios in pottery jewelry stained glass uh we have swing spaces that um we can have things that aren't necessarily equipment heavy so painting all kinds of painting and caustic um textiles we have eight sewing machines so textiles, dyeing, all kinds of things. Really, we, we do almost everything. We try to cover as many different mediums as we can. We do have an amazing collection of printing presses, but unfortunately during COVID, the printing press studio turned into a cafe. It wasn't supposed to be a full full cafe. It was just supposed to be coffee. But during COVID, there were many things that we couldn't, we couldn't teach certain times. So... The cafe sort of, well, we can send out food. So at that point, the cafe became a bit of a bigger animal. And uh, so now we have the Palette Cafe at the front and then all these amazing studios at the back. So let's talk about the Palette Cafe and what happened during the pandemic. Um, I mean, that we're still dealing with and all that kind of stuff. Um, you guys adapted quickly. And that was really impressive. I know that you guys were the first ones to kind of set up shop just through your doors and be kind of uh, accessible from the sidewalk. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, there was there was just such a strange world and we had just opened and we were kind of like everybody taken aback, but we knew we had just opened and what people didn't know about us yet. Honestly, during the first, the very first lockdown, it was almost like a little playhouse for us. The first little bit we went in and we did stained glass, just Alan and myself and his partner, just the three of us because we were basically in a bubble. And we would go in and just play with all the equipment, did renovations. We we did renovate a disgusting bathroom at that time. I keep on saying disgusting, but it was so bad. Um, but that first, actually, first couple of months as well, I, I am not a sewer, but we had these sewing machines. And I sold 700 masks and sold them out of the window for $10 each. So that was a couple of months mortgage, gratefully. Um, we did with the cafe, what we did is we pulled, uh, we've got big double doors. So we pulled a bureau up to the double door and treated it like a walk up and people were able to come and get, um, pastries and food at that point. So it was, so we started doing that, that sort of takeout thing. We changed our liquor license so we could have, um, alcohol could be, people could uh, purchase alcohol, take away alcohol. We did things like, um, we had what were called craft dinners. So you actually ordered your dinner. Um, you had to order it during the week and it was you could pick it up on Friday or Saturday and you were given a craft with it so that you had something fun to do at the end. Um, we also did something called curbside crafts, which many people did. But we did these kits where you could it had everything in it you needed to do to make a glass mosaic or a barn quilt. One of the other big that that um, curbside crafts really was a, a big thing for us. We 
for the first, I think we maybe did it in April, we did 500 kits that we donated to. I remember that. O'Share and uh, United Way, um, Salvation Army. Um, what was it? So we we had all these we had all this craft stuff. People are amazing for donating things, and we had all this stuff. So we thought, well, why don't we just make up these kits? Through that, we got a contract with um, Grey Boost Child Services um, to make twelve hundred craft kits. So they were pizza boxes. <laughs> not, each, a, not a huge undertaking I know, or anything. Each one had five crafts in it with all the instructions, everything they needed. It was it was pretty crazy. It was kind of fun in retrospect. But, you know, when you're wrapping wool around a piece of cardboard 1,200 times. Oh, my goodness. It does get a bit. But so that was really another way that we were able to pivot and keep our doors open. So we worked really hard during COVID to try, which everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you had to, you had to think fast yeah so you not only had to pivot but you had this plan for launch and didn't even really get to do it before everything kind of shut her down exactly you had to to rethink it we did and there was times i guess the very beginning of your question was the palette cafe there were times when we couldn't um teach that was just part of the you couldn't have any teaching in-house teaching so because we could do takeout, the cafe became a little bit bigger. We um, hired Marnie Weiss, who had a Red Hot Catering before. And so we did start doing more food than we had originally intended to. Um, and it's been great. It's it's a nice little cafe. It's had to change again because, unfortunately, Marnie had a, a, a broke her leg in March. Mm. And so we changed again because we were getting really good at changing, which mo- most people are. And we are now a Marche service. So... Basically, all the food is prepared ahead of time that morning and then set out in chafing dishes and in ice packs. And so based, you come in and whatever is available, that's what you choose from. You choose two items out of um, maybe two, four, it's probably seven, eight, a couple of hot items, a couple of cold items and salads. So that's worked out very well for us, um, this Marche service. So everything is fresh made that day and... and um, we are in-house baking. We didn't start doing our own baking, but now we do all our own baking. So it really has grown, the Palette Cafe. It still has some things, some things that need sorted out and that we will do, but uh, we appreciate all the support we've gotten that we're able to keep those doors open. And I mean, I can attest to the fact that uh, everything that I've ever eaten there has been incredible. Oh, uh, and it's, it's a really nice introduction for people to just give them a reason to come in the door and then learn a little bit more. Like you were saying earlier, where it's just kind of that that foyer area. Um, you know, people might not know what's going on, but they want a coffee. They come in for a coffee. Oh, oh, my goodness. And here's a list of classes and here's a bunch of artists and all that kind of stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the artists and how they've come to pass and how they spend time in the the studio and all those kinds of things. So we try and get a lot of our instructors locally. We do have them come further afield. Um, One of the things when we originally started is we wanted to have lots of introductory classes, then novice classes, and maybe classes for people like myself who have been a jeweler my whole career. There are many things in the jewelry industry that I don't know. And uh, if I wanted to take a course on something like granulation, I would have to go to Toronto to do that. So we're trying to be, we tried to, and it, we, we're just now sub- starting to get some uh, higher level instructors in. So we have a woman who's actually moved to town who's going to teach granulation. So which is a amazing, I won't explain what it is, but it's something that 
I, as a jeweler for 25 years, would like to learn. So it's a master class. So being able to offer master classes to people, whether it's in pottery or in printmaking or, or jewelry. Um, but there's tons of introductory classes. So we have um, our clay studio is very popular and we have clay one, clay two and clay three. So if you come and you take clay one, it's usually six sessions. Sometimes they're all squished together. Sometimes they're over six weeks. Then you graduate on to clay two and you graduate on to grade clay three. By the time you're in clay three, you are eligible for open studio. So at that point, you can come in and be self-directed. You have the knowledge um, you have the, you understand the safety rules of the studio, you understand the equipment, so you can come into open studio and work at your own speed on your, because basically anything in the arts and crafts is just doing it, doing it, doing it. Sure. Practice. Practice. Absolutely. And I am always telling people when they come in and they take six sessions in clay one and go, oh, this is, I'm, I can't get it. I'm not, like, you know, your instructor has been doing this for a lifetime. Your instructor went to school for a minimum of three years to learn this. You can't expect to learn it right away. You need to practice, practice, practice. So we're doing the same thing with the jewelry and with the stained glass, with those really equipment heavy studios, which is what we want. We, we want, I have equipment here that I never had in my jewelry career. Sure. Um, it's amazing. And, and a lot of our, a lot of our stuff has been donated, which I can't say enough for the community. We actually raided um, Bayview, Dufferin, the two schools that had been um, decommissioned. And I think it was the Chatsworth Arena. And we like to call ourselves the trash phoenix. We're, we're what's risen out of all the detrius that's been sort of abandoned. All our, all our classes, it's a big open space. It's 6,500 square it's feet. It's big. And all the sort of dividing um, shelving and cupboards are all from the schools and places like the tables are from arenas. So so um, I got I drifted. I think I had a little mission drift on that subject. But, um, but that's okay. I mean, you take amazing. artists and you're able to repurpose things so yes. well. Um, but you were talking about some open studio time. When when is that? When can I expect to be able to just come in and do that if I'm skilled enough and I've taken the courses? So basically, during it's changed a bit during COVID. Um, we were allowing people to come in nearly every day if they wanted. Before COVID, it was Thursdays and Saturdays. So okay. all day Thursday from nine till nine, you just book a time to come in and use the jewelry studio or the or the clay studio. We just needed to make sure that we didn't have too many people in there at once. It has really um, dropped off since COVID. So that's something that we are working towards getting that open studio, um, more people. We just need more people to get educated, take those intros, like do those classes. It's so fun. Sure. And I mean, that's what we're doing here, talking about it, educating people about what you do and who you are and how they can get involved and all of those kinds of things. Now, unfortunately, we are out of time. And I know that we have so many more things that we could talk about. I have so much to say. <laughs> but what I would like to hear from you is how can I, as a consumer, learn more? Where can I access that online? Your, your socials, your website, your phone number, all of those things. Give me that those details. Sure. Our website is www.gbarts.com. .ca, so that's arts with an S. All our classes online, you can sign up on classes online. It shows uh, we, we have a nice um, tickety system that that um, most of our most of our clientele comes online. Um, Facebook, we are at the Georgian Bay School for the Arts. Instagram is Georgian Bay Arts. Um, you can just even drop in all our post. All our classes, our posters are posted just uh, outside the door so you can stand outside with not you don't even have to come in and see what classes are coming up but do go in definitely but do go come in. in yes yes and um we usually direct people to our website but we have 
posters again everywhere inside. And if anybody wants a tour of the place, they can just ask to see Alan or myself and we would be happy to give it. That's incredible. And of course, um, you guys always add your events and your classes to owensoundriverdistrict.ca. That's my own plug. Uh, We're grateful for that. Thank you. <laughs> and you can find us on our socials at, at riverdistrictos. And uh, we are out of time. But thank you so much, Morag, for coming in. And this was incredible. And if you want to learn more, you're going to have to check them out online or just drop in. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye.